real quickly, just, uh, you know, our, I guess, year-to-date um, pressure that's required. Uh, what is it now, a week and a half? Feels like it's been, uh, you know, longer than that. I would say, honestly, much like normal people, I sat, probably didn't come out of my room. I ate Jenny's ice cream and watched Netflix for three, three straight days. Um, there's certain vices you gravitate to. For me, it's probably sugar. Um, anyway, much much of what we told the team, you know, that obviously there, there are disappointments that you go through relative to your season and, and this one, you know, where it happened, you know, in the postseason, and we've got to, you know, we've got to get, be able to get past that. Do you have any message for the fans who have, are so, so supportive of you and the team? Yeah, we appreciate our fans. Um, I wouldn't say it's been all that thin around here personally. Maybe you feel differently, but I, I haven't heard too many fans say that. So, um, yeah, of course we appreciate our fans. That's, you know, we have a great relationship with them. They're here for us, and we always try to perform our best so they can be proud of the way we perform. Bill, Derek Henry, what were your thoughts on his performance and what, what made him a tough matchup for you guys tonight? Yeah, he ran hard. And how does he put stress on you guys in terms of look like you played a lot of base defense early? Um, is that sort of the push and pull of defending them if you devote more to the box with him? No. You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 127 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, where we have officially lost our souls in the wild card playoffs. And as much as I want this to be funny, it sucks, and it's not funny. Um, Saints lost to the Minnesota Vikings today. It's Sunday right now. We're recording this. It says Monday for you. So a day has passed. Maybe maybe I feel better. And uh, Drew got his uh, his – Heart and soul ripped out last night from the Patriots losing to the Titans, which gave me great joy until it transferred <laughs> to hurt today. Yeah, I um, was gearing up for the Bash Drew podcast, but I really didn't envision the Saints losing. So now we're just two sad boys. Yeah, it's officially happened. I was looking forward to it too, man, because like I was on Twitter last night. I was giddy. I was happy. It was Derrick Henry's birthday. They didn't really use Johnu Smith at all. Uh, on Saturday night, which kind of pissed me off. Or any receiver. Yeah, or any receiver for that matter. But uh, they did use Derrick Henry on his birthday. So it was a good birthday present for him to get a win against the Patriots in Foxborough. That literally almost never happens. Uh, I think it's only happened once in the, in the playoffs, in the Belichick era of the playoffs. <sighs> and it's back to back home losses, which never happens. It's kind of, kind of woof. It was ugly. There was opportunities to win, and they didn't take them. I think um, just jumping into it, the Saints, maybe you agree with this, the Saints were outplayed by the Vikings, in my opinion, and the Patriots really played well the first half and had a chance to take a bigger lead, and they they just kind of choked. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't get to the end zone. So They, they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, but, I mean, the defense did their job. If you hold them to 14 points, I think you, you know did your job. It's just – I think the Saints defense did their job too. I agree. 
I think that what happened with both of our teams um, this year in the playoffs is that our offenses, we have uh, aging QBs and we just made mistakes that we normally don't make. And that's really all it comes down to. It's pretty simple explanations. Uh, there's nothing really to overcomplicate it. We, we, both of our teams just sucked. They sucked when they did not need to suck. And it is really, there's no other way. I don't agree way. with the QB that, man. I, don't th- I think you're oversimplifying it with the QB comment there. Two aging QBs. That wasn't the reason for loss. It's, it's, sim- it's a simple thing, though. Simple thing to say. I agree with that. It just it sucked. They sucked. There's people, there's people out there like for, for the Patriots, I'm not going to lie. Like it was fun. Okay. It was fun for like a little bit, but then like I got really sad because like, I was like, man, I started thinking about like when we lost the NFC championship game and like how we lost like in the Vikings game, like a couple years ago, not this time, but the last time. And then like, I just see you just text me these pictures of you just like indulging in all kinds of varieties of junk food. Um, how was that, by the way? <laughs> it's like as I was sending it to you, I knew that I shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, I'm giving him ammo. Um, this is a bad idea. But I also thought you would somehow appreciate it. So I had goldfish, two bags of them. I probably got through about a bottle and a half of wine. Um, what kind of wine were you sipping on? Just whatever Lauren has. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's just some sort of red wine, some red blend that she had. Um, Imported from Nissan Stadium? Imported from Nissan Stadium, <laughs> and Mike Vrabel signed it. He signed it and said, good riddance, Drew. It's um, like time you start pulling for your home, your new home team. It's pretty ironic that that was the team that did the Patriots in and possibly did the Belichick-Brady thing in. I still think he's coming back, but, you know, this could be – a turning point if he decides to sign somewhere else. I think he's more likely to sign somewhere else than retire. Right. Yeah, the press conferences post-game were sad. Now, you've already heard uh, some some old old clips of Sean Payton, and you heard uh, some newer clips of, of Bill Belichick. Uh, that, was a, that was a pretty awesome comment from Belichick because he uh, you, you can always count on him to be a smartass no matter a win or a loss, which is one thing that I love about Bill Belichick. Um, he'll always find a way to just be like, you know, like you have that little smirk face. He probably doesn't know what an emoji is, but if he did, he would definitely be all about emoji faces, like as facial expressions. Yeah, that would be his um, his favorite one. It would be the one that says recents, and it would be the only one there. It'd be the one that's like with the mouth cocked off to the side and like the eyes that are just like, oh, <laughs> I might have just stole some shit. You know what I mean? You know what what a stupid about? question, though. Seriously. Like, <laughs> like literally, he th- who thought of that and was like, man, that's a good question to ask. Let's, let's, let's ask for the fans that have been through the thick and the thin. There hasn't been a lot of thin for the – I mean, I'm spoiled as a Patriots fan. I think I told you that when I was – Big time, yeah. You did. And, like, and like well, we had a great conversation, guys. Like, we had a great conversation on the phone earlier. Um, I wish we could have recorded that phone conversation and put it on the show. We try to recreate as much of it as possible for you guys. But, uh, but yeah, dude, like, you, you have been blessed with a team that has done nothing but win since the year 2000. Since the 21st century has begun, you have had a team that has just defeated all odds and, quite frankly, 
is the best sports franchise in all of sports um, in the Brady Belichick era of the NFL. You, you've had that. And I think the one thing that I was saying on the phone, like we were, we were discussing a take that someone gave about when Taysom Hill was in the Saints game and he threw that deep ball to Harris and then Drew tried to throw the deep ball and the interception came up. It was like a dick measuring contest. And that, that was based – the reason that that happened was because Drew was insecure. And I had, I had, like, commented on a tweet about it, and I was just like – I was like, I kind of fuck with this tweet. And then you start realizing, like, how serious it is. But, but the whole point of where I was going with this conversation is, is not that it was a dick-measuring contest by any means, but Saints fans – just want to win. We just want to win. You know, we have a great quarterback. He's broke records. He doesn't have six Super Bowl rings, though. Um, but we just want to win, man. Like that's that's all it comes down to. You guys have that winning. You you know, and like that's that's not something to really bitch about. We can't really bitch about it because the the work has been put in on y'all's end. Y'all put the work in. Bill Belichick puts the work in day in and day out. It's a it's a mindset in New England. It's, uh, it's not like any other franchise out there. It is literally a mindset. It's a one-track mindset, and that one-track mindset is to win. And it's very hard to recreate that. It's very hard to get that. And that's why you don't see that much consistency in the NFL today. And uh, so the one, one message I have to say about it all is that, yes, you have been spoiled. We just want to win. Things are, are always going to be different between the franchises. But the one thing I will say to Saints fans that listen to this podcast and to myself, and to any Saints fan you share this episode with, we played like dog shit, and we lost that game because we played like shit. There was moments where we should have done better, we should have took care of more things, and we didn't do it, and that's why we're not in the playoffs anymore. And there was no referee did shit. I get it. People make you – know, refs make bad calls. We've had shitty luck with refs for the past couple of years. Um, but that wasn't the case today. We just played like absolute shit. So futures are uncertain for both of these franchises right now. Um, I think that maybe there's a little more certainty on your end. As far as Drew coming back, I'm pretty certain he'll be back. I'm not going to trip on that at all. But uh, Saints fans get really angry, bro. That is one thing that's different. I guess that you guys really haven't had time to be angry. Haven't really had to be angry. <sighs> you just threw a lot at me there. That was yeah, a lot. I know. I know. So, I'm sorry. I had to. It was uh, on my chest, man. I had to get it out. No, I got to get back. So I think the first thing you covered was the tweet, right? And the yeah. take that somehow there's some sort of insecurity, insecurity. issues with yeah. Drew Brees after yeah, being I, the highest, you know, having the, the the passer rating and hitting the record and all that stuff. He's got some insecurity issues. I just – I don't think that could be – so there's one thing I couldn't disagree with you more, and the other thing I agree with you a thousand percent. So the, the tweet and thinking that Breeze at this phase of his career is worried about Taysom Hill or Teddy Bridgewater to me is, is crazy. I just don't think that he's – he's at a place of mental um, – he's at a mental capacity and confidence level that cannot be broken by one play. And I think – the fact that people will use that on sports talk is somewhat ridiculous. So that's basically what that tweet just was. Say it, just say it how you said it to me. People, people that make that, people that make that statement are idiots. 
Exactly. But, but that's, <laughs> but that's basically you, you agree with that. So yeah, it's, it's, it look, it's something that's, that can be fun to entertain, but it's like, at the same time, if you're like dead serious about that thought, like you're, you're crazy. Yeah. And people will look to anything. The, the part that I agree with you a thousand percent on, um, is the, you got outplayed part and people point to that offensive pass interference. I think you had a really good tweet that last play was not the deciding factor. And both the cornerback and Kyle Rudolph were both hand fighting. They both were trying to jockey for position. Yeah. That's there just was, football. It is. It is. And, and for people that wanted that flag or wanted it to be reviewed, that's crazy. So I'm glad you came out and said your take on that was. Oh, hell you know, yeah. Yeah. I, you, if there's one thing about me, I'll always admit when I'm wrong. And that means that any team that I'm a fan of, I'm going to like cover like the people that like listen to our shit as a fan base for that team. And I'm going to say, don't come here with that shit because you have no right to last year. Hell yeah. Every right in the world to be pissed. Every right in the world to be mad this year. No, that was on us. We had a lot of opportunity in that game. We could have won this game today. Just played like shit. The O-line was trash today. I don't know what the fuck happened to that O-line. They were just absolute garbage. Haven't seen that kind of play in years. But the defense, defense rocked up. And look, there was moments, I think it was the – I don't, I don't want to get too off subject because I know I just do a lot of shit at you. I know you probably have a lot to say. Um but you know, there was just there was a couple moments where like you just you know it, you're you're constantly like have to like like I'll have a pacemaker by the time I'm fifty probably from being a Saints fan, just because of the ups and downs of these games. Like when when Dalvin Cook hit the ground, the ball came out and they ran it back in the end zone. I thought that was it, and then you watch the replay and his elbow hit the ground. And you're like, oh fuck! Like just the little moments like that where like you're jumping up and down in your living room or wherever the fuck you are. You're at the bar with your boys and you're fucking just toasting beers. Beers going everywhere. Just crazy shit's happening, and then you realize, oh fuck, an elbow went down. So that whole entire excitement that we just went through doesn't matter now. Like that's Saints games. <laughs> that is that is Saints that's, games. That's sports. Know. Yeah, it's sports. It's just been it's been magnified for the Saints, rightfully so. Like with yeah. the, with the way last year went down. You guys have been on the – but here's the, here's the thing. How long do the Saints have that in their back pocket to complain about? Like, I don't know when that expires. It, it expires now. It expires after this year. If you're still bitching about a no call that happened last year, like, I get every moment of it. Like, okay, I understand. Like, that should have been the year we went to the Super Bowl. We should have played the Patriots in that game. And that's all that you can say. You can't say anything else other than that, that we should have been in Atlanta playing against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That is all that you can say as a Saints fan. But yep. now, a year's passed, we fucked up in a wild card game because we had a couple of losses during the season. We had one or two we shouldn't have had. We shouldn't have lost to Atlanta. Shouldn't have lost to Atlanta twice. Shouldn't happen. Had them at Not home twice, too. but once. Yeah. On a, wild, on a wild card game, saying you had this game at home. Yeah. You were the heaviest favorite of the weekend, according to the odds makers. Uh, All right. You know, you know it's just, tough. They had a chance, though. I want to be critical. I want to be critical of one piece. Um, I sent this text out to some Saints fans. I think the number one like thing to point to is Sean Payton here, and I'm a huge Sean Payton fan. But to me, the point in the game that you can critique is two, two minutes and 40 seconds left. You have a timeout. You stop the Vikings. And instead of burning your last time out, you decide to let 40 seconds of play clock run off 
they punt and they lose the two minute stoppage. And then they have the ball and they march down the field, terrible clock management. And then they end up kicking a field goal. If, and I think I texted this to you, Chase, if they use their timeout, there's a good chance they go down and score because that's the one drive in the game. The saints offense actually looked like the saints offense. Yeah. The the whole deal, like that, that right there, what you just explained made like Andy Reid look like Bill Belichick because of, <laughs> because of not, I, mean, I didn't get it either, man. I'm just sitting there just like, where, what are you doing? Like you got this timeout. Like, you know, we, we, if you have that much faith in your team, then call the timeout when you need to call it. Like you don't wait that long, but I, it goes back to what I told you earlier. There's this narrative and maybe you've been out of New Orleans for too long, or I know you didn't really grow up a Saints fan. You were a Patriots fan. But me, as being a Saints fan for a long time, especially, like, you know, since, you know, Hurricane Katrina, when Sean Payton came in and Breeze came in, um, you know, like whenever the, the whole transition happened, a lot of just – there's been a lot of, like, lucky stuff that's happened for the Saints, like a lot of, like, miracle-type shit, especially since 06. And I think that there is a part, and this is a, you can call me fucking an idiot for this take, but I think that there's a piece of Sean Payton's mind where he just expects these miracles to happen. And at some point you have to realize that you got to coach and you got to make these smart calls and you can't let shit like this pass you by because this is what happens. Because like I said, I know you don't like, I know you didn't really like the take about the aging QBs and stuff, but the fact of the matter is, is that Drew Brees is not getting younger. You've had Brees forever. There's been awesome things that have happened throughout his career there in new Orleans and your career there as, as a coach, you know, but like, over time, eventually that stuff is going to start going away. And you're not going to have that. And obviously that mojo is gone. So it's like you got to play smart football at that point. And you got to make those smart calls. And that's just one thing that Sean lacked today. He did not make that call. Because that, that was a big deal. That really was. That was a that was, huge deal. That's the deciding factor. Because to me, I mean, your, your point in holding on to the timeout is to get that one stoppage of clock but you lost the stoppage and clock by not using it because you gave up the two minute warning. So you, you basically wasted 40 seconds for nothing, a net right. gain of zero stoppages of clock. And who's to say with breeze with two minutes and 40 seconds, I mean, he's going to be throwing those, the balls going out of bounds, right? They're yeah. The rhythm, dude, the rhythm was picking up. I mean, he was hitting Jared cook. He was hitting Ted Ginn. Like he was just back to back to back. He was making the plays happen. But yeah, you fucked that up. Everybody that's wanting to sit here and blaming drew breeze for the loss of this game. Go fuck yourself and, and turn all your Saints gear in and just stop being a fan because it wasn't all Drew Brees. Drew Brees wasn't the reason that this game was lost. This was a team effort. This was a team, and Sean Payton does have a lot of it on his shoulders because of that one deciding factor that happened with that timeout that should have been called in the right area. Fuck the interception. That kind of <laughs> shit can be made up yeah. for. It can be I, made up for. I just don't get, like, I mean, we saw. Shout out that- to the clock. Shout out to the clock as we're speaking about <laughs> as clock we're management. speaking about clock management. Shout out yeah. to the clock. The clock hurt us. The clock knows. The clock is our back. But I mean, this is just one instance in the entire weekend of terrible clock management. And I mean, if you watch the the Ravens, excuse me, the Texans Bills game, we saw like eight instances of terrible clock management. And I just don't understand why we're not at a point where you're where you're hiring somebody that's. I mean, go hire a fantasy football analyst. 
25 right. an hour to be on, to be sitting on your, on the sideline and just tell you when to use your timeouts and when not to, I know it's situational, but there's also like fact and false of when you should be taking these timeouts and when it's when you're supposed to be. And I know like you can have a coach that wants to outrule you or wants to say that, you know, the numbers lie sometimes, but the point is there was mistakes made throughout the entire playoffs by coaches that are paid so much money that could be fixed with just being one guy dedicated to timeouts. Just have one guy hired for timeouts. It'd be a game changer because like, and it's funny because it goes back to like, you know, when you're watching Belichick and Saban, the art of coaching, they talk about the new generation coaches. And I think it was Saban that said, you know, nowadays you just, you can just literally hire somebody that's good with technology and that should be a coach. And it's like you lose yep. like those little fundamental values of what it means to be a coach and those fundamental things of the game. And it's like, and it's like we like weekends like this is what makes you realize like, how can these coaches like not understand these certain things, especially with something as simple as clock management or just being present? Like in my opinion, this this is crazy. Not only clock management, but you should have, you should be winning 80% of your challenges as a coach because you should have somebody fully dedicated to every single review before you decide to throw the red flag. We should get our resumes out, dude. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, it, it blows my mind. If you watched Bill O'Brien this weekend and you watched Sean McDermott, like if you if you did not watch Sean McDermott at the end of the first half run Frank Gore up the middle and then go spike it on third down instead of after a timeout, he ran Frank Gore up the middle, spiked it, and then kicked a field goal. It was unbelievable. The worst right. clock management I've ever seen. <laughs> that game itself, too, like that was a huge whoa. Um, every Vegas, didn't Vegas Vegas had everything on the Bills to win that game? I'm pretty sure, right? Well, I mean, a lot of people had the Bills plus three, and the game ended up being a three point game. So everyone pushed basically. If you had three and a half, you would have won with the Bills. If you had two and a half on the Texans, you would have won with the Texans. So it was just right on the number. It was just really frustrating. Um, just like the Bills had every opportunity to put that game away. And then when you gave Deshaun Watson, he entered Michael Jordan mode, right? I mean, he, he, took, he took that game for himself. He was like, fuck this team. I, he I, bailed I out Bill O'Brien's legacy. He bailed he him did. out. He did. He did 100%. Dude, that was one of the more exciting games to watch, I will be honest with you. Um, if not – anxiety was through the, roof, through the roof during that game. I if don't have not, that, that honestly was the most exciting game of the weekend. I will, I will go ahead and say hands down that was the most exciting game of this weekend. I agree. Um, just watching Deshaun do his shit. And I think we tw- I tweeted out on the Garage Guys page, just like Deshaun Watson's career in a quote, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Like that, that literally, that will be like, you can get, I'll get one of his jerseys and I'll get that quote underneath it in a shadow box and frame it. And the, uh, and w- one day when we have our, 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 our garage studio, that's, that's going to be in there. We're going to have that up. I'm but, for, uh, you know how much I love him. He was one of my MVP candidates this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Big time. He's dude. amazing, though, and, and he's going to go down. He's going to be the player that goes down putting his body on the line that's going to end to like a season-ending injury because he has to do that three or four times a year, what we watched. Right. Yeah, I know. We see uh, – I know a friend, friend of the podcast, Ross Bolin, he's a, he's a huge Texans fan. 
he's constantly like during the Texans games, if, if you don't follow Ross, go follow him at WR Bolin. And just during Texans games, just like watch him tweet. Like the, the anxiety that he has for this team is just incredible. And he's just like constantly yelling and screaming, but you see it for yourself. Like, this the, you you see it's like eventually like yeah he might have a career ending injury uh, right. the way that he has to get out there and do it they, they need an O line for that man you gotta get yeah. that man and Josh Allen was wild too I mean if you go look wild at these two guys, stat lines go look at their stat lines people with receiving yeah, QBs with receiving yards rushing yards dude opened yards. up the game with a touchdown pass or touchdown catch from John Brown. Like, right. first time in playoff history, I think, for, for the Bills or in, maybe in general. I don't know. It was the third QB to have a receiving touchdown in the playoffs. Something yeah. stupid like that. Uh, dude, Josh Allen, though, at the end of that game, I think that there was just one play. The dude literally <laughs> threw the ball behind his back. But when he was getting sacked, he was just like, fuck it. <laughs> he just threw it. It's like, what are you doing? Like, it worked out for like him. Went out of bounds or something. Yeah. And then, and then on the last draft, he tried to jump over somebody to keep the play alive. Right. Dude, they, that's another one. Like, Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson, the wild boys. Um, yeah. and that I was the new it. age of football. Like, we were seeing Brady Breeze lose, but how entertaining was watching that game, just those two I guys. I love it. Dude, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like a, a, more, a more – a tighter version of a college game. Yes. And that's what's cool about it. Like, because it's like you get the excitement you get from watching a college game and a little more structured gameplay. That's a that's a great way to put it. I think that's that's very accurate, and I'm here for it. I do kind of miss the like. Hopefully, we have enough guys in the league stick around because like you're not going to see like somebody the passer, like, the precision, the pre snap reads, all that stuff. I mean, Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen do okay in that area. But that age of having those guys that are just like Peyton Manning before the it's, snap, it's going to start Brady. fading, dude. The run, the running. It's yeah. this is the this is the 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 time or the uh, the threats. generation of the dual threat QB, and that and I love that. I love a, a QB with legs, man. I was a huge for me to hate the Falcons. I loved Michael Vick, and uh, and and so to see more quarterbacks like that, like him, like Lamar, Deshaun, Josh Allen, I, I love it, and I'm here for it. I think I will say this though: if he can get his game right, one of the quarterbacks like you're talking about that will stick around and be have that pocket presence is probably going to be Dwayne Haskins if he can get his game right. Yeah, it's a long way to go for him. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some younger guys that, that do have the. I think Sam Darnold's one that has that like Brady-like possibility if yeah. he keeps developing. Um, try to think of some others, and Darnold has a little bit of mobility, but Russell he Wilson does. honestly is the is the guy that has the combination of both. He's he's right. the guy that I think can do the the pre-snap reads and the you know check. I mean. Tom Brady, if you watch him, he can get through four reads very quickly. Drew Brees can get through four reads very quickly. Josh Allen, he has two reads, and then he tucks it. Yeah, he tucks that's it. it. He runs. He's Caucasian Cam. Caucasian Cam. I way. saw somebody that was like – I can't remember who tweeted it. Something about basically somebody was playing a video game with Josh Allen or something. It was something really funny. I want to go look it up. But Speaking of video game, dude, um, there should be – before we keep moving on in these with these games – um booger mcfarlane uh they might be making a video game about him and it's just going to be spitting out like just the most uh obvious quotes of all time uh this guy has to be leaving espn next season if he survives espn i mean i, I just don't know how he survives this season there was one point 
during the game? Did you watch? You weren't you weren't watching the Texans game live, were you? I was you were getting. I, no, I was actually getting my hair cut towards the end of the game. I finished the game at a sports clips um, while I was getting my hair cut. Shout out to sports clips. It's short hair season. The mullet is gone. I'm a fan. Short hair chase, by the way. I like. Yeah, I like. I look like a handsome man. And the mustache. I'm, I'm retiring the mustache for 2020, as of right now, at least. Um, and I'm a trim beard, short hair, uh, new new garage guy chase. I even I even thought about changing my Twitter name to Chase Holden. It's just New Year, New Me. But then I was like, Nah, that's dumb. You've so got to be Garage Guy now. I'm I'm Garage Guy Chase for life. There's people that know me that call you simply Garage Guy. Yeah, I'm just Garage Guy. Yeah, you don't even have a name anymore. I know names are gone. Uh, my mother was sad about it, but you know we had to we had to do what we had to do. You know. But uh, but yeah, Booger. I, I honestly think he's gonna stay at ESPN just from the sheer fact that he has just become like a household attention whore. Um, yeah, I forgot to tell you during this game, it was the most critical point, third down, right? Third down, crucial point, and he suggested he goes, "It's third down here. I suggest they go handoff, draw play, and then follow it up with a QB spike, stop the clock." Yeah, right. And it's like. That's like <laughs> It's like Booger. It would be fourth down, you know. Like it's you can't spike on fourth down. You have to run the field goal unit out there. It's just bizarre. That I mean, how how much do you expect from hiring a guy named Booger? You know what I mean? Like people don't think tweet? about the simplest things. No, I did, did not. See? I see. I see a lot of your tweets. But you have. You know, what I mean? it's kind of like you saw. Me. You saw this one though. This was one that probably my most popular one in a while. It's starting on Monday. I'm going to begin applying for as many jobs as possible. Oh yeah. That I'm underqualified for and answer any questions regard, regarding my qualifications. With if Booger can get this job, I can get this one. You're right. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, like, <laughs> I, dude, I really want to try it because if you get the right person across from you, they're going to be like, "This is incredible." Like, I hate Booger McFarland. You know, any I, I sports job, any sports job. If you if you're if you've been in sales for a long time, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take a little little bit of a salary cut. I'm gonna go do ticket sales. You'll definitely you get that job with that take. Yep. If if life is coming at you hard and you need a big change in your life, just go with that. Go start applying for sports sales jobs, and go with that quote. And I think it's a 50-50 chance you get the job. There's about a 98% chance that if you go apply to do ticket sales at a minor league for a minor league baseball team, there's a 98% chance you'll get the job using that reference that Drew has placed for a tweet. So, like, not only are we in the business of bringing you fantasy sports and sports entertainment, but we're also now in the business of helping you find work. HR Drew. HR Drew coming out. Uh, we're going to start Career services. Garage, garage guys, indeed.com. There you go. That's it. You can visit it now, find a sports job, and we'll give you a script that basically is just Drew's tweet. And it'll work 98% of the time. How do you think it plays in a non-sports industry, though? I think even if you get somebody that's a sports fan with a very – like if I went and applied for a very serious, I don't know, management – any kind of business management job. You think if I said that and the person that was interviewing or hiring was a huge, um, let's say Texans fan, what do you, I mean, there's a chance that they, that when you leave that interview, he is speaking pro and cons and he puts in pro that quote on like in capitals. And he's like, this is why we're hiring him. It depends how many people mute their televisions when they're watching sports. Oh, that's true. Right. Especially and the then- booger on. Yeah, and then there's also certain like fan bases that just like 
they don't really watch that. They they listen. They'd rather like listen to the radio mm-hmm. announcers talk about it. So it's just a lot of weird stuff. Like there's certain fan bases that you'll find that'll do that, but then the other ones are just like this is not going to happen. So I don't really know like where to go with it at that point. But I mean, you could always try. But the older I'm getting, the more I'm finding people are actually like not watching sports. And maybe it's just some of the people that are I've been around lately. Maybe I need to change my circles. Maybe I need to go find the people that I can use this quote on. I don't know. Like, people just, like, they'll be like, oh, I'm a sports fan. Oh, did you catch the game? Nah. Yeah. I guess that's net. They're Everybody's watching Netflix, you know. They're not. Yeah. Or catching the highlights Witcher. later. Yeah, watching Witcher and not, uh, not the sports games live, which is crazy to me. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're pretty old school in that, in that manner. You're right. We're, we're going to stay that way forever. Speaking of The Witcher, though, we may have a brief recap, depending on how long we talk about football at the end of the show. We haven't had a Netflix show of the week, and now that we're getting more into the offseason or are getting closer to uh, the end of NFL, rolling in a NASCAR, we might have some extra content coming out. But that game was over. So is there, is there anything that, we, that, that you want to just profess or just talk about from the, from the Titans – Patriots game just some things that you saw that you didn't like that you did like what is got you hopeful for next season are you worried about anything how much time do you have oh man you know what you got to spill your heart man because if we don't spill our hearts right now like I feel like I've already done a really good job I think we've pretty much covered the Saints Vikings game I've spilled my heart on that one so I want to allow I want you to take this time to just talk to all the Patriots fans that that are Garage Fam uh, royalty members and just just ease their pain and their sorrows the the best way that you know how. It's a tough challenge, um, but the easiest way to put it, you kind of talked about it. We've been spoiled, so we'll get over this. Um, I just overall thoughts on the game and kind of the Patriots season, and I wanted to get your your thoughts on this and if you agree. To me, the years the Patriots have lost, the Achilles heel has been one of two things. Poor offensive line play that doesn't protect Tom Brady, or two, the lack of the outside receiver. This year, they had both of those things going against them, which is a terrible combo. Like That, to me, sums up when you don't have an outside receiver, but you have a good offensive line, Tom Brady's made no names thrive. When you've had a great or when you have a great outside receiver but no offensive line, Tom Brady's been able to overcome that. I think this year we see both of those things were negatives. We saw Gronk not there, which was a negative, and then we saw Tom Brady's quality of play dip. So it's a combination of all of those things. Right. Um, Teamwork makes the dream work, and that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. Um, but you when know, you say that. Two glaring weaknesses is like outside receivers were terrible. They had Edelman yeah. play on the outside. Yeah, that, and see, that's a problem. You can't have him doing that. Like he's a slot guy. He is for the slot, and that's where you play him at. You know, th- this is the question that I had for you. Does it? Do you almost wish that that y'all would have put up with Antonio Brown's bullshit at this point? Well, that's what we needed, but that's not the Patriot way. So I would rather go down losing. Got you. Yeah, that's my well, opinion, at least. That's but hardcore. I, that's hardcore. But I, I think that's the type of player we needed. We needed an outside threat so that – I mean, every year the Patriots have succeeded. Tom Brady's getting the ball out so quick that it doesn't matter. And this year, how many negative plays did you see? Either sacks 
or him throwing it out of bounds or he's flailing out and sacking himself or Sonny Michelle's getting stuff behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, honestly, if you sum up the Patriots' success in their dynasty, it's been they minimize negative plays. They minimize negative um, decision-making. Right. I mean, and all these things that they didn't execute. There was one play down the stretch when the Patriots had a chance to win where Edelman just dropped a basic eight-yard out route. Yeah, and it was that, rough. That was rough to watch. That, to me, summarizes the season because he's the most reliable player and he's like the last one that you would expect to have that moment. Um, and it happened. And it's just um, – it's a bizarre year. I'm not going to try to defend that Brady had like the greatest year. But if you've watched every game, every play like I have, there's been so many instances of either a interception or a completion being dropped or going through somebody's hands. And that's going to skew the numbers. It's going to make him look worse. I think he's got plenty of football left. I just think he's taken a dip and people need to realize that he can't overcome a poor offensive line and no talent on the outside. So you got to give him one of the two. So, yeah, that's, and that's my thing is like, it doesn't matter how great a quarterback is. You got to have the players around that quarterback to be great. Um, you you got to have the weapons to so that that quarterback can feed them, and you got to have the O line to protect them. It's it's all it comes down to a team effort. No matter how great the quarterback is, it's 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 a team game. At the end of the day, why um, didn't they use James White in the slot? That see, that's a question that I had. I actually had James White in DFS because I was actually because you know like when these playoffs hit and the Patriots are in certain situations, they get Bill Belichick gets stupid creative, and so does uh and so does Josh, and so it's like you see that creativity spark. I literally thought, and the main reason why I played James White was because I thought that that's what they were gonna do. Yeah, I played and a lot then, of both guys. I thought one of the two of Michelle or White would go off. Dude, yeah, I had some lineups where I had Sony and I had James White together because I thought that White was going to be used more as a receiver. And that threw me for a loop. So it's like – But when he was out there, he was effective. It's just why, why yeah. wasn't he out there more? If you're going to use Edelman outside, then you might as well play White on the inside. I don't, I don't I even don't. think they know how, why they have running backs – in New England sometimes. I feel like I feel like that's like the most just disposable position for them. They're just like whatever. They're just like we just got these guys. They'll run sometimes. And it's like yeah. in the run game heated up. It the did. And game, like, low key, man, one one thing most people did not catch, or maybe they did. Alanda uh Roberts, the linebacker that's turned into our fullback, who's got better every week, he got banged up and we had to completely abandon the run game. So yeah. that was a big piece, uh, big piece of the game because I think you had texted me early. They established the run early. It was working. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And and when you look at the final score, I mean, like you know, the, yeah, the Titans won at the end of the day. Derrick Henry is a beast. There's no denying that. Um, you know, like you said, the, the the defense they they stood up. They did stuff. It all just came down to that. You know, the Titans getting that uh that ball at the end of the game, and, and you know Brady threw that ball. It was I think it was t- a tipped interception. If I'm not mistaken the last we talking about with 15 seconds left yeah with 15 seconds left it's just like do you, do you think that that was brady just like fuck it or was that brady like was he already defeated you rarely see yeah. brady like that it was defeated but again it hit it hit um ben watson in the hands it went through his hands it's yeah. like but the game was over at that point the drive before was the one they had to do it when edelman had the drop and then they tried something else it's just man when ben watson's your number one tight end that's another struggle. Um, the, the, the number of struggles is crazy, but the, the game came down to Titans scored touchdowns when they needed to, and the Patriots were kicking field goals. 
Yep. And when you have first and one, first and goal from the one yard line, and you run three straight plays and can't get in, then I think you got to say hats off to the Titans, and that's on the O line. I mean, you, you got to get first and first and goal from the one. You have to score a touchdown. I'm just, uh, I am pumped for the Titans, though. And I mean, as much as yeah. it sucks, as much as it sucks for you, I'm pumped for the Titans. Uh, that the the one I got to capture the image of Mike Vrabel, just like throwing up the throwing up the deuces. He had the peace sign up in the air. Like that's an electric photo right there. That should be framed in in immortality forever in Nissan Stadium somewhere. That was uh that was an epic moment for that for that for that franchise for that fan base because I feel like the last time the Titans were like relevant or got past I can't remember the exact date that they got past a wild card game, but I remember like it seems like the last time they were in the they were really good was. The year I think it was the year, uh, what was it, ninety nine or two thousand when they played the Rams. In the yeah, it's Super been a, it's been a long time. So you're right. Like hats off to Vrabel and Derrick Henry specifically. Un- unbelievable game. And there was one point in the game where uh, Vrabel, I said to myself, like he's being Bill Belichick because he was sticking yeah. to that run game no matter what, even when they weren't picking up seven eight yards per carry. Just just tired out that defense. Yeah. It was unreal, unreal to just see. That I mean, was the big were, narrative. People were like, people like, like Patriots fans are mad at Rabel for for pulling a Belichick. Oh man, I I can't Our, believe if that's Belichick that's, was mad at Rabel for pulling a Belichick. Uh, Something like that. You're talking about the um, decision to take penalties and run clock. That's when gotcha. Rabel, uh, yeah, they, they decided to when they were punting instead of punting the ball, they waited till there was one second left in the play clock and then committed a false start. And then they had to run play clock, play clock again. Uh, Belichick's okay. done that to Adam Gase. Yeah, that was uh, that was the see and ghost game. Yes. So they asked Belichick about it after the game, why he was so angry about that, and he said it was because of the way the refs had told him they were going to handle the situation. So I don't know what that. He wouldn't go into detail other than that, but he was told one thing. But Vrabel again, like if Belichick's going to do it to you. You got to do it to him. I mean, that's just taking advantage of. Yeah, and you can't, and you can't want. Yeah, it's like finding a loophole. It's like when tax season comes around, you find a good accountant. You know, the the taking the penalties were Bill Belichick's accountant. Well, who knew that two people can use the same accountant? You know what I mean? Like, it's just that kind of way to put it, I guess. Like, I don't know. That was where my brain trailed to. I just like to hear you talking about accountants. That's not like you. Yeah, we talk about – dude, there's a lot of stuff that I talk about – I talk about accountants. We can talk about uh, we talk about Legos. Been a, all over the place. Mas- yeah, uh, team mascots, tight ends, skateboards. Talking about wow. it, dude. Yeah. Let's talk speculation though before we move on. Let's talk. <laughs> where do <laughs> we you think Tom Brady? We haven't even talked. Uh, okay. All right. So Tom Brady. Everybody's blowing up. Like, it, leave it to the media. I know. Right? To take the the most simplest answer. And just blow it up and explode it. And, like, everybody – like, for me, I don't know how other people are, but for me, I'm just, like it, – it's, like, almost just, like, sickening. Because it's, like, they asked him if he's retired, and he was, like, you know, I'm not sure. Or he had some kind of answer. I don't know verbatim, but it was, like, I'm not sure or I'm uncertain, something like that. And they're, like, oh, my God, Tom Brady said he's unsure. He's uncertain. Dude, Tom Brady knows what the fuck he's going to do. 
He already knows it. Every time somebody was coming at him about like, you're getting older, this and that, he'd just kind of like laugh it off and be like, well, we're all getting older. We're all going to die. We're all like, he just would have answers like that. Tom Brady is coming back. There's no way in hell he's going to retire on the last play of a game being uh, a pick six. It's not going to happen. It's not yeah. going to happen. He's coming back. He's coming I, back. There's, a, there's about a 1% chance he's retiring. Now, I think there is an argument or speculation to be talking about. Going he's going to another team. Yeah. I still and think it, he's going to be a Patriot for one reason. There is a unique and very special bond between the Kraft family and Tom Brady. And I think it supersedes. He could be kissing them for youth, but there's not enough youth in that family. So I don't know if he's kissing them. I think that the real connection here is that Tom Brady is actually – the Kraft is a cover-up family, and Tom Brady's actually friends with the Rothschilds because they're doing uh it's this is by speculation of course one of my one of my conspiracy sources tells me that they're running experiments on how to remove the human brain and put it into a new uh body that's made in a lab so i think that he's actually friends with them so that he can be immortal forever and actually become kranos within 300 years and and use his super bowl rings as infinity stones that's quite the theory and I wouldn't put it past somebody like Tom Brady loves football. Right. You got to stay woke. Could you imagine if he had the body of Kranos playing quarterback? No chance. He would be the team. I think I've lost you there. You've lost, <laughs> you haven't lost me because of the, because of the, uh, the, the Kranos take. But yeah. is it not Thanos? Are we talking about Marvel? Kranos, Thanos. I don't watch superhero movies. Oh, but that's um, what you're talking about. You're talking about yeah, the, the the purple guy with stones. Oh, in his hand. you're talking about Thanos. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got All the right. Hulk can from Walmart, but it's golden. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I've seen all the Marvel movies, so I'm I'm gonna I'm get a life. lot of angry people coming at me like, oh my god, Chase has never watched a Marvel movie. Newsflash: I've watched Spider Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. Oh man, that's my Spider Man. We got to get you on some of the newer movies. I guess so, man. I just I, I stopped watching after like uh, Edward Norton was Hulk, and after that, I was just kind of like, and I saw like they have a whole bunch of new people that are the superheroes now, and like I watched the Iron Mans, and like I love Iron Man, I love Robert Downey, but like I can't deal man. with all these. Yeah, I can't deal with all these changes of Hulks and Spider Mans, and like I got tired of it. I was like, I can't do this anymore, and so I just started like Marvel fatigue. Yeah, I got Marvel fatigue. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep calling him Kranos because I can. Um, we were talking speculation here, and you took this to, to Thanos' world. Right. Now we're on Thanos' Kranos. But, uh, but yeah. No, dude, he's not going to the Chargers. Um, I got one for you. He's staying with the Patriots. I think he's staying with the Patriots. If he doesn't, hear me out. What's the chances he likes Josh McDaniels more than Belichick? And if Josh McDaniels gets the Carolina Panthers job? Oh fuck! Because I think let, let him go, dude. Let him go at that point. Because you know what? Because I hate. To, I, no, this is where you're gonna hate me. No, I know what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna. No, I'm not gonna say it's not worth the money. Do you think no, he deserves? He a don't care about the money, dude. Giselle makes the money in that family. He's gonna take this year. He's not taking a small contract. He's gonna take a big one. So I think Belichick is going to be more likely to move on from Brady than Brady's going to be more willing to. I, I think Brady is going to be 
testing the market, but ultimately want to remain a Patriot. And I think Bill Belichick, if we know anything about him, he has no bias towards any player. And he is going to be looking to, if it's not the contract that he thinks is, that he thinks Brady's worth today, he's going to be saying, let him walk away. See, that's a big stay woke because you might be on to something at that point when, if it does come down to the money. So if Tom sells his soul and it's not about football anymore and it is down to the money, then I could see it happening. And then you already know that everything he's learned from Belichick and his entire career, he's going to bring that to whatever franchise he goes to. And if him and Josh go together, would be the big – Belichick's got to retire at that point. No chance. Like, Belichick – well, yeah, his pride wouldn't allow him to do that. But I will say this, like, I like everybody that talks about him being a system quarterback, like, yeah, he is a system quarterback, but here's the deal. He knows the system. Tom Brady is the system at this point. So all that information that he's learned throughout these years, he's going to carry that to with him wherever he goes yeah. and could, and could very well easily like just be the quarterback and coach of the team with Josh McDaniels there. I could easily see that going down. Yeah. He, he's the, the, he's the system is very accurate because I love when people say that, you know, he's a system QB, but we've seen over his whole career them be a run-heavy team, them be a double tight end with Gronk and Hernandez team. We've seen them do the Randy Moss thing. I mean, we've, done, we've seen everything. Right. We've seen everything every under the sun offense. almost. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing is, like, people think – and, like, I sound like such a Patriots fan right now, and I almost hate myself. But it's like people – this is what I get for hanging out with you, by the way. <laughs> people yeah, think that <laughs> – now you got to become a Saints fan a little bit, okay? <laughs> like I was rooting for Saints happiness today, for the record. I know you had to be. I appreciate that, and and the Houdat Nation does too. But people think that I think that people literally believe that if you pull Tom Brady out of New England, that it's like he's going to un- unplug from the Matrix and he's just going to go brain dead, not remember anything that he's ever done. It's like there's no chance. Like he's going to bring he's going to bring that same energy to whatever team he goes to. And if he goes and does not have the success that people think he should, people will be so critical of him and say that it's because he's not in the Patriot system when in, in reality he's just like 43 years old. Yeah, exactly. Like, like see, there, there's no – like, that, that's the thing about Tom Brady, and, and I, that's, that is why I love him at the end of the day because he, he doesn't have any time to give a fuck because there will always be a level of criticism thrown at him from all kinds of people and amongst all walks of life that aren't Patriots fans. Yeah. He's a cheater. Yeah. He'll always be a cheater. Always be this, always be that. But it's like people just fail to recognize greatness when it's in front of them. The results speak for themselves. The results speak for themselves. That's it. I can't believe we had that long of a Patriot talk. I'm so happy. I I actually enjoyed it too. And that's what worries me. Am I going to buy a Patriots jersey now? No, you were so happy when they lost. The only reason you're doing this is for my health. It is, and it, for mine too, because I'm sad as well. Um, but yeah, we're we're just uh, we're, we're we're floating on. We're our football season's done, but there's still fans that are listening to this podcast that have other teams. Let's go ahead and, and briefly talk about uh, the the shit that happened in Philadelphia today. Um, yeah, definitely the least interesting of the four games. Yeah, right? yes, I, I I already knew Seattle was going to win this. Um, I was talking to one of our mutual friends. Um, texted him earlier and I was like oh, I already knew the Seahawks was going to win and then as soon as I texted I was like but I also knew the Saints were going to win so 
can't really say that, <laughs> you know, you know what yeah. I mean? like, but dude, here's my, here's the whole story of this, this game. Um, two things. Uh, number one, Carson Wentz should retire. Number two, DK Metcalf is a dog and fuck what you think. If you think otherwise, DK Metcalf is the real deal. After this year, he proved himself this and I had somebody tell me that the Carson Wentz should retire was such a trash take that he actually thought I was being serious. And I guess that he's somebody that doesn't listen to this podcast or has no idea about the garage fam. I love it when those people tweet at me, by the way, um, because everything I do almost on Twitter, like the majority of it is personal shit, but then, well, the, not the majority, but most of it, most of it is for the garage fam and for the shit that we talk about. So it's like you can differentiate the garage fam from the non-garage fam. Like Larry, for instance, Larry is up to date and current. Larry is is our boy. Larry is our day one. Like, love a shout out to Larry. You want to give a shout out to Larry? Shout out to Larry. Just follow him on Twitter. Follow me back, Larry. That's it, Larry. Go follow Drew. We love you, Larry. Um, but you know, like, so that's the different the different. But like, dude, I hate it for Carson Wentz, man. He can't catch a break. He is not a playoff quarterback. He because he can't play in the playoffs. Like, he just can't. Yeah, and we like, just gave him so much credit the past few weeks, saying like, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's just winning games with all these no names, and he you hate it for him. Um, and it was just so typical of a way for a backup QB to enter a situation and right down, grab his helmet, and you're like, man, Josh McCown, McCown who was supposed to be retired is now playing in a playoff game who uh, do, he's I do also coaching high school football wow. in North Carolina while he's a quarterback for an NFL team uh but the Doug Peter, ball, Peterson basketball, basketball? You know, yeah shout out Daniel Paul one of our day ones he's he sent a tweet of Josh McC- Josh McCown playing pickup basketball and you need to go see it okay I need to check this out thank you thank you Daniel Paul for yeah. for, for sending this to us we appreciate he loves you. backup quarterbacks Oh yeah! Oh, that that's our that's our backup QB guy. Yeah, loves him. All right, he'll he'll be the one that buys the shirt because exactly. all these shirt ideas that we have, whenever we actually release them, he'll he'll 2020. be twenty twenty. Yep, twenty twenty. We're here. It's time. So at some point in twenty twenty, they're coming. Um, but yeah, so Doug Peterson era backup quarterbacks in Philly. It's the only way it works. Um, but yeah, just the credit to the Seahawks. I was so happy in the beginning of the game. I had uh, I played a showdown slate, and I had the Seahawks defense as my my captain, and I was winning real big, real, real big, 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 big. And I was real excited, and then I was like, I should not look at this. And then the next time I looked at it, I was not winning real, real big anymore. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles just uh, – I don't even know how they got to the playoffs. I guess somebody yeah. had to get there. The worst the injury luck we've seen in a while for a team to ever come. I mean, they – you can argue that if they had Should Alshon Peterson Jeffrey get coach there, of the then, year? <laughs> that's a good take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, they've been through – how many times were their running backs hurt, too? They were just rotating them. Right? I think Miles Man. Sanders went down for a little while but came back. It's uh, just uh, – I, I, I am surprised that the Seahawks did not put these guys away and score a bunch of points because we haven't really seen the Seahawks – play a full solid all-around game in a long time i know they're still your they're your kind of your your team that's going to come out of the nfc right that's your pick um not not anymore no not um, anymore not not anymore no now because the whole playoff picture's changed they got to go to green bay 
So you don't like that matchup. Mm-mm. No, I, I if, if they would have went directly to the 49ers, if they would have went directly to San Francisco, it, the way that I had it all played out, the Saints were going to win. Uh, they were going to go to Green Bay. Seattle was going to win and go to San Francisco. They were going to beat San Francisco. Now, if San Francisco, now that San Francisco is going to be getting uh, the Vikings, they're going to have some winning momentum because I fully, all, I fully see them beating the dog shit out of Minnesota. And so having that winning momentum going in, I, I think that the Seahawks can beat Green Bay because it is going to be a cold game. We're talking about Vikings the 49ers or? momentum. I think the 49ers will get this win over the Vikings. They're going to have that momentum rolling okay. into the NFC Championship. And I think that the Seahawks can beat the Green Bay Packers, but it's tough because it's going to be very cold, a very cold game. So it just all it, it it's all kind of up in the air at this point because I wasn't really looking at the weather for Green Bay. So with it's supposed to be like negative three, I think, next weekend and snowing in Green Bay. So that changes a lot. I don't but think that's a big deal. Though. To it's me, like, Seattle. I, it's Seattle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just think that, to me, Seattle would rather play Green Bay than the 49ers. True, true. But I think that, for some reason, the Green Bay is just one of those teams where they're like the abominable snowmen, and they can just come out and do some weird – the NFC North is weird, man. Um, yeah, they so, can, I mean, anybody can win that game. Like, the Packers have not been a very complete team this year. No. Kind of similar to the Patriots. They just had a really good record and not a complete team. But there's no doubt in my mind that they can go to the Super Bowl. I mean, any of these yeah. teams left. This weekend has proven that everything I thought was going to happen in DFS and thought was going to happen this weekend, I was completely wrong on except for the Buffalo Bills. And even right. they choked. Right. So you never know what's going to happen. I know the – uh, the early lines are suggesting the Ravens and the Chiefs are just going to blow out their opponents in the Titans and the Texans. Yeah, I'm not feeling that, though. I'm not I, – I literally I – th- I think that the, the Texans and the Chiefs is going to be a game, but ultimately I think the Chiefs will come out on top. Now, the only reason that I'm about to say what I'm about to say is because I'm a bandwagon Titans fan right now, but I would love to see the energy continue and somehow the Titans beat the Ravens. I would love it. It's very unlikely, kind of like Tom Brady retiring, but – They can score with the Ravens. Yeah, it's possible. It is possible. I think they have it. They have what it takes to score with them. I just don't know. If they can keep up, that's what's going to be tough. It's going to have to be an offensive game. Yeah, yeah, I don't respect yeah. honestly. Even with the, what they did against the Patriots – they had a good goal on stand, a couple other good drives, but the, but the um, but the the Ravens' offense is not the Patriots' offense. That's different the, monster. Yeah, that's the kicker. So I mean, like you know, offensively, I think that it can be you know a shootout, but yeah, I think that the Ravens' defense definitely has the edge over the Titans' defense, and that's going to be what matters most. So if that uh, if that Titans' defense can find a way to just the gel and stand the fuck up, which I hope they do, I'm going to be pulling for them. I'm I'm going for the Titans. Um, all the way until they lose, if they lose, which hopefully they don't. Um, but uh, I'll be I'll be riding with them until something changes, and uh, and hopefully my John U. Smith jersey will arrive in the mail this week so that I can wear it next weekend. I don't know what to say in relation to if I can root for the Titans or not. Where does that fall in the fandom? Because they're my 
home team. But I think you should. Team. I think you should because you have to have the respect for them because they just beat your team. And as much as I would like to say that I could have respect for the Vikings after the, the way that it's happened with them. You're about to double standard me, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm totally Hillarying you right now. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say that for my side of the story. Because I, I need I just, more time. You need a little more time. Or, or I need some you, time. You already picked for the your your Super Bowl predictions was Chiefs and 49ers. So why not just pick one of those teams? Yeah, I mean I will I'll stick with it. And I just realized we're getting into our next episode by previewing these games, but it's yeah. um, I know we are, but it's uh, one line I find interesting is going back to your Seahawks take. So Green Bay is favored by four in Lambeau. So despite the year Green Bay's had and despite the year Seattle's had, I think that that line at four it's pretty intriguing to take the four points with Seattle because I think I could easily see the Packers winning by three. Right. Hashtag still know. here, right? Still <laughs> they're, here. They're, they're the next still here team. Still Maybe here. you should pull for the Packers. You should be a Packers fan. I do respect Aaron Rodgers. Not a huge fan, go. but what is knee? Put, go, go from one goat to the other. What about Aaron Rodgers' knee? That's what I root for. My knee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be rooting for Danica's crystals. Got to root for Danica. Who's his I'm, girlfriend, by the way? Aaron Rodgers. Who's he dating now? I think he's still with Danica, if I'm not mistaken. Is he really? Yeah, he's still with Danica. I'm pretty sure he's going to marry her, bro. Really? Mm-hmm. He's still with Danica. I don't want to be an idiot. Okay, well, right who now. was the. I need no, no, to no, 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 no. The other girl they dated was the girl off of. Uh, oh, Olivia Munn. Yes, the Game Show Network girl. Yeah, dude. She's totally real famous. Right. There's like a whole fucking like, like radio interview with her talking about him and like the weird shit that him and his family had going on. Like Olivia Munn like exposed him like hardcore. That's the I whole reason we it. know shit about. Yeah, that's the only reason we know shit, the like, deep shit about Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah I was into that uh, chick, Olivia Munn, though. Oh, I'm still into Olivia Munn. <laughs> I think it's like I think it's sports, dude. and she's into the nerd stuff too. So it's right. It's like the best of both worlds, like Hannah Montana. It's the combo. Yeah, but not <laughs> as dirty as Miley Cyrus. No, not not quite that dirty. But she, but she does have. I think she's the she's the one that has the gif of uh, her with all the hot dogs in her mouth. Oh, really? Olivia yeah. does? Mm-hmm. You ever seen that gif with like the I chick so. that has like like eight wieners in her mouth? Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. That's Olivia Munn. But yeah, uh, just confirmed Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick are still together. So yeah, that's a thing. So let's pull for NASCAR and maybe pull for Green Bay for the NFC. So my NFC team that I'll pull for will be Green Bay. And because of NASCAR. You were we were a big 49ers boys all year though. So that's who we I'm were, gonna stick with. I'm sticking with 49ers. Should we yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, because like I really don't care for Green Bay. But just because of Danica, I have to give that respect. 49ers Chiefs, Pat Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what I'm going for. All right, let's put it this way. Out of the Seahawks and the Packers, who would you rather win? Packers. Same. Okay, so we're pulling for NASCAR. And out of the 49ers and the Vikings, easy, 49ers. 49ers. Okay, so out of the Titans and the Ravens, who would you rather win? titans it was tough same you did it all right so titans there and then out of kansas city and the texans who would you rather win chiefs i would rather the texans so that's where we differ okay. I we we're gonna go four for four 
Yep. No, no, we're not going to Wendy's tonight. But this look, is we're the gonna, year of Andy Reid with Bill Belichick gone, Sean Payton gone. This is the year of Andy Reid. And, and, I, and I respect that. And if they do win, hey, they do win because I'm not going to have any emotion tied to that game unless I have money on it, of course, which uh, we got to talk about. Um, but other than that, let's leave the rest of our previewing for Friday's show. Briefly before we go, um, let, let's, do a, uh, let's, let's, let's do some garage talk before we wrap up. Uh, let's do a Netflix show of the week. All right, so Drew and I had a conversation the other night about a TV show, and I told him I've been watching the show, and he was like, oh, man, yeah, I've heard of the show, and I'm going to go watch it. Well, I didn't expect Drew, didn't expect you to watch this show in three days when I've been, like, literally spacing it out for over a week. Finally just finished it. You finished it before me, before you even started it, which is incredible. You're you are a next level binge watcher, my man. Um, but uh, I have to blame the, the wife on that one. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. That, but that but can still, do it. it's only eight episodes, right? So eight episodes yeah, in three days. Not so too I watched much. Three, and I was depressed over the Patriots loss. You got to understand the way I take these losses. So right, you were probably up late, like staying up like early in the in the wee hours of the morning, was. watching these shows. So The Witcher is the show that we're talking about, by the way. Um, it is if if you like Game of Thrones. Um, anything that has to do with uh, with like witches and wizards and uh, it's like monsters. a more fantasy version of Game of Thrones, right? I yeah, I would say so. It's definitely it's got more magic and stuff like that in it. It's a it's it's a nerd. It's kind of a nerdy show, but also at the same time, kind of cool. Um, Less political, more fantasy. Yes, big time, big time. It's a fable. It's like a fable. Uh, the, the cool thing about this is that it's based off of a PC uh, game, a computer game from 2007, which before it was a game was a book. So it's a book that turned computer game, turned Netflix original series. And uh, it's basically just, it, it's kind of all over the place. I don't know the specifics of it, but uh, the main There's character- There's a lot of books. Yeah, there's a lot so of books. They're going to have enough to make a long show if it's successful, which it's going to be successful. It's already doing great. Yeah, but it seems like it's there. doing wonderful. I, I know as much as, you know, there's a character named, uh, his name is, uh, is, is Geralt. Geralt. Geralt, yeah, he's the, uh, the Witcher, uh, the White Wolf, as they call him. And um, it just kind of goes with him. And there's a uh, mage, which is a witch, named Yennefer. And there is a princess Siri with a C, not an S. So don't say it a lot and make your iPhone go off. Um, Cause that happened for me actually. Yeah, so my laptop, my laptop and my phone was like, yes. And I was like, I wasn't talking to you. Um, but uh, it follows these three characters and there's the timeline is nuts. It's all over the place. Um, which was one of the things about the show that that made it a little different than Game of Thrones because I feel like Game of Thrones kind of like wanted to like kind of send you on this confusing pattern sometimes too. But for the most part, it stayed pretty consistent. This show can leave you bamboozled if you're not paying attention. Yeah, um, I think that's a good point. So one thing to distinguish here, Game of Thrones has so many characters in so many different regions. This one has fewer characters, but you don't know where the timeline is. 
right? It's like literally 30 years, I think, is what they said. Like it spans out over. Um, and the care and the and the big thing that we both noticed too is that the characters really don't age. So it's hard to yeah, don't look for clues based on like their face or anything. Right. Exactly. They're uh so that's the one thing that you gotta keep in mind is that there's not a lot of aging here. Maybe they're all under some kind of spell. But um, it's just literally going through the story and like, you know, Yennefer's story starts out, she's like, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a, a, a bastard kid almost like she's got like a fucked up face and like a humpback and she's just like very insecure about her looks and things like that. But then she finds out she has powers and then over time, literally like she goes through this, you know, this witching school and she gets, uh, she gets pretty and she fixes her shit. She has to give up her, her uterus. And by the way, there's spoilers here. So if you haven't watched it yet, you probably want to just like skip past this and go to the end of the show. But, um, but and then like, like Geralt is, you know, on this quest and he's just basically fighting monsters and just kind of doing whatever comes at him. Uh, that's literally the best way I can explain him and his, his story. It's just literally, he's just kind of going through the flow. I think they're all like the overarching, theme i guess maybe not theme is the right word but they're all three of the main characters you pointed out they're all kind of from a messed up family situation they're all looking for a family right yeah it's like they're yeah. all trying to find like where like, the what story is, what is their purpose right what is the purpose and then the other part of the story is like the actual conquest or like the fighting between the different con- like continents right so there's two things right? like your characters trying to figure out where their place is and they all have some kind of magic power and then you have the overall like fighting part of it too. Right. It's like uh family matters with Steve Urkel, but it's set in the <laughs> Renaissance. You know, they're all just trying to figure out their way through life. Steve Urkel <laughs> comparisons to Witcher. There's no yeah. one doing it. Who would be, who would be Steve Urkel? And I definitely think that in this show, if, if Steve Urkel was going to be a character, it would, uh, he would be the guy that, that does the music. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. The guy that I can't remember his name, but like he follows around Geralt and he just always playing songs and just always finding a way to like fuck up Geralt's day. That is was definitely George R. I meant not Geralt is um, what's that guy's name? What's his name? The Ger- guy you're talking about, the singer. I, I have no idea. You have to, we have to Google it real fast. That, that dude's Google. George R. Banks. Yeah. He's the Jar Jar. If it was star Wars. So this is star Wars now, not family matters. This is now star Wars set in the uh in the renaissance era yeah Geralt that was like getting frustrated with him towards the the middle of it because it's like he he loves him and wants him to be there but at one point he just was like you gotta go bro you gotta right. go that's what reminded me of the jar jar Geralt is han solo yeah okay if we ha- you're giving Geralt way too much credit that is he had the same swag he does he does he, well with the women he's got swag bro he, he, he does, does well with the women he do- well he had to pay for that one and then he had to leave his horse because he couldn't pay for his hooker. Remember that so, episode? I have a question. Yes. Yennefer, he, he makes the third wish something to where she likes him, right? I think so. So like, you have to wonder if it's natural when he's banging this chick, right? Or if he made his third wish something to protect her from dying and she ends up falling for him. And you don't know if it's because he made the wish or if it's natural. That's why they end up fighting. I, yeah, I can't figure that out either. I think that's going to be like a kind of a surprise. I mean, there was definitely, he, he made a wish that was in relation to her being connected to him. That yes. is, that is for sure. And the next uh, thing you know, they're having sex. 
Yeah, dude. They was just, dude, they were hot and heavy. She's got some nice titties. I'm not even going to hold back. Yeah, she is going to be that character we talked about, uh, kind of like Daenerys. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Amelia Targaryen. Clark. Yeah, Amelia yeah. Clark. She's going to be the girl that like says whatever it takes in season one. Get my name out there. I'll do whatever it takes. Here's and my then, titties and my yeah, fucked up face. And then season two, right? I, I bet it. But I bet it's going to be dialed back to either minor or not at all. Probably so, not at all. I'm going for not at all because she's she's definitely going to get the big head and think she's Amelia Clark. Because she's gonna think she's Daenerys Targaryen, but but no one can ever be the mother of dragons. Agreed. Like she's got yeah. a long way to go. She does. Yeah, Amelia Clark's next level. Um, but yeah, this girl so, does well in her role, especially when she before transformation, she does great. Right. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Yennefer of of her character. Um, and it's just it literally she she's just that girl that like she was like the ugly girl in high school that like went to college and like got hot started like, you know, experimenting a little bit and then like got that confidence and that swag. That's literally who she is. And, um, except she had to actually use some kind of like blood magic to get her looks. Right. She had to give up her baby maker so that she could literally, yeah, it shows a uterus like coming out of her. There's a, it's a very graphic show. You're going to see some very serious, um, one, one dude's head explodes. Yeah, that was what, that was a wish from the yin. They call genies uh gins, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're like and actually That's why she was creatures. pissed at him, man. She was pissed she, because he used she wanted the last to be wish. The yin. She wanted to yes. be the gin. Yes. Yin wanted to be a gin. We probably are not selling this show well to people that mm-hmm. haven't watched it, but it's a, a wild lot, show. A lot of blood, a lot of sex, a lot of Game of Thrones similarities. Best way we put it was Game of Thrones with less politics, more fantasy, and a lot of violence, and then some really strong characters. It's right. it's a it's a recommendation from us, I'd say. I'm trying to remember this show that was like out back in like 2011 and 2012. Spartacus, Spartacus was like mm-hmm. the one that kicked them all off, kind of like that was around like the time Game of Thrones came out. Like if you like Spartacus. Like the 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 sexualness of Spartacus and like the graphicness and Game of Thrones, like it, it definitely falls into that category of show. Yeah, it's got the violence pieces and the the sexual pieces of Spartacus. It's more in depth storytelling. It's like a nerdier version of Spartacus. Right. Big facts on that. So go watch The Witcher. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, if you have questions tweet at us you know where to find us at ggfs podcast at garage guy chase at drew dean that's where you can hit us up online everywhere that online is or isn't or you can just love for somebody that's read all the books just to listen to this and then send us like the biggest hate mail ever like i would would enjoy that oh yeah we would troll uh 80 chance that person plays magic the gathering on the weekends Oh, yeah. Definitely hangs out at comic book stores and plays board games. And gets mad when people just come in to piss and then leave. Yeah. Anybody that's not coming to spend $100, they're, they're not allowed in. Right. So, we'll forgive you if you get a Patreon subscription. That's the only way. <laughs> give us the 8 bucks or, or we're done. Yeah, yeah. Give us your $8 or get fucked. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's our energy all 2020. $8 or get fucked. Um, all right. Well, that's our show. Um Stay tuned. We'll be back on Friday with the preview of the divisional playoffs and some DFS talk and chatter, some bets chatter. 
you know what it do. You know what it is. NASCAR season is quickly approaching. Um, Can't believe it's MSG here. I know. I'm getting Where's so hyped time, for Daytona. Um, wasting away the moments that make up a dull day. That's the, in the words of Pink Floyd from the song Time. But uh, that's uh, we're, we're going to go find some time. That's all the time we have for now. And we're going to just ride it out with our normal ride out song, Money by Pink Floyd. Maybe we'll change it to time this week. Should we change it to time? Yes. All right. It's time right now. Sports. Party. Repeat.
Oh